It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of Locked On Panthers. And follow me. Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked On Panthers. Be a part of this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on the show, either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On NFL. On today's edition of the Wednesday Conversations, which we'll do throughout the regular season here on Locked On Panthers, going to talk to new Carolina Panthers beat reporter Mike Kay for the Charlotte Observer. He's been on the beat for about two weeks now, but he did come over from Pro Football Network. He's covered the Jags before. He's also covered the Philadelphia Eagles, so he knows the league well. And I want to get his perspective on if he knows if – Matt Rule might be getting fired anytime soon since you guys keep asking me and I tell you I don't know when it's going to happen and quite honestly if it happens Baker Mayfield's played so bad it doesn't really matter who the head coach is at this point because this team's just not going to be successful with that bad of quarterback play but Baker Mayfield is also Matt Rule's fault because Matt Rule has gone 0 for 3 as far as his opening day starting quarterbacks here in Carolina. Bridgewater did not work out, although he was much better than Sam and Baker. Um, Sam Darnold, of course, was a train rack. And so far through four weeks of the season, Baker Mayfield is playing at a Jimmy Clausen level, which is just sickening for me and you and all the Carolina Panther fans out there. And I'm sure for Matt Rule, who thought that Baker Mayfield, who took the Browns to the playoffs, which is a minor miracle, could perform another miracle here in Carolina instead he has torpedoed the season already in four weeks as the Panthers hit one and three, and they're facing the number one defense in the league on Sunday, the San Francisco 49ers, and also a road environment as the faithful are likely going to take over Bank of America Stadium at 4.05 on Sunday. And how do the Panthers end up with back-to-back games against NFC West opponents, and both of those games are at 4.05? I think I looked it up. Like the Falcons, whenever they play their West opponents at home, they're playing at one Eastern. Same thing for Tampa. But Carolina, 
got screwed by the NFL schedule makers, making sure that the body clocks for those West Coast teams will be A-OK when they come down here to Charlotte, which is just, come on, man. Like, give us a break here. So we're going to talk to Mike K, get his perspective on what he thought the Panthers would be going the season, what's wrong with Baker, when Rule might get fired, and many other things as far as his thoughts early on in his tenure at the Charlotte Observer, working with Scott Fowler, the columnist, and, of course, Ellis Williams. He's been on the show a couple times as well there with the Charlotte Observer and covering the Carolina Panthers. So all that coming up here in just a moment after this word from our friends over at LinkedIn. And here comes the read. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so that your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus in on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hirees versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. According to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs, more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast, indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. All right, back here on Locked On Panthers, as promised, Mike Kay, the new beat reporter for the Charlotte Observer here in Charlotte. Mike, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, no, thanks for uh, taking some time uh, to do this. So first off, I've followed you a little bit. I know you were in Jacksonville the period of time covering the Jags. You were up in Philly covering the, the Eagles. And then most recently, you were at the Pro Football Network. Just provide some background to our listeners who are now getting to check you out at the Observer covering their favorite team. Well, I've been everywhere, man. Like, it, it does kind of feel like this has been a, uh, a winding road. Like you said, um, I started off in Jacksonville, covered the Jaguars for three and a half years, uh, the end of the Gus Bradley era, the AFC Championship run with Doug Marone. Then I was in Philly post-Super Bowl 52. Uh, saw the, the rise and fall of uh, Doug Peterson, another Doug, and then uh, Coach Nick Sirianni's first year, uh, this past year. And then, uh, yeah, I was with pro football network during the off season, covered the entire league, uh, got a real feel for Panthers fans throughout. So, uh, just made it all the more sweeter to come here, uh, come to this great city and, and this great town. And, uh, well, here I am. Yeah. So what was that feel that you're able to get from Panther fans this off season as there's plenty of them who were not thrilled about Matt rule getting a third year. And then the, talks of who they would replace Sam Darnold with that ended up being Baker Mayfield as we've seen through four weeks things have not gone too well but what was your thoughts just going to the season on the fan base and on this organization 
Well, I think this fan base is eager for a winner. I, I think when you look at how loyal they've been to Cam Newton and his performance throughout his time here, and then when you look at everything else since, uh, it's been an interesting ride, right? And I think, yeah. you know, Matt Rule's a guy who I think is a good program builder from college who had to take this this leap. I mean, he was getting getting a ton of interest. And, you know, like a lot of guys who come from college to the NFL, so far it's been a pretty mediocre ride. But, you know, when David Tepper decided to give him year three, the only logical road was to build in his image this offseason. And whether you like it or not, continue with him until the wheels fall off. And and while the wheels are really squeaky right now, they haven't necessarily fallen off and he is still here entering week five. They haven't fallen off. And I'm sure people right now are probably thinking, okay, what is this guy talking about? Because one in three... Not a great start. And everyone's asking me, when is he going to get fired? I don't know. I'm not David Tepper. And quite honestly, I don't know how you feel. Okay, so what? They fire him. How is that going to change the fact that Baker Mayfield is playing as the worst starting quarterback in the NFL? Like, is the quarterback play all of a sudden get better if you get rid of the head coach? The locker room seems to be behind him. I just don't really know how they benefit by getting rid of Matt Rule at this point in time. So what is your thoughts right now? As I, I'm hearing different voices in that press conference. It seemed like you're the first one there on Monday who asked him if he was concerned about his job status, which he said uh, he has confidence in himself, the team, and everyone's aligned that they'll always find a way to respond, which they're 5-18 and 18 coming off a loss during his tenure. So I, I don't know there. Yeah, I mean, I, it's funny you asked that. I just released a, a, an analysis column about my thoughts on him being fired right now. I mean, if you fire him right now, it's really just for superficial purposes. It's not going to fill the stadium. It's not going to suddenly make the offense competent. Remember, he's not the play caller. That's right. that's Ben McAdoo. So uh, it's not like you're suddenly going to get a better Baker because Matt Rule just is, is off course. Remember, about 11% of the practice squad and 53-man roster are his guys from college. So you're talking about a good chunk of the roster that you can alienate if you press the the panic button way too soon. And I think that kind of falls into play here. I mean, I think rules that a really nice job of, of reinforcing a, uh, by the way, this is a generic Denver shirt. Now that I see, the, <laughs> uh, uh, got it in an airport. I promise there's no, there's nothing going on there now that I see that. But um, I think that, this is a team that isn't at the point where Matt Rule's lost the locker room or he's done anything to nationally embarrass the the, the franchise based right. on what Tepper knows about him the first two years, right? Like, so they've lost three games by a combined 15 points. It's not like they're getting blown out every week. Um, there are a lot of coaches who've been fired at like 0-5 and, and, and 1-6 and, and all that stuff. But really not a lot of guys who've been fired with one division win and a wide open division, right? Like if you yeah. look at the Buccaneers, they're two and two, and they look like they have some issues scoring. You look at the Falcons, somehow they are two and two, and I think they have the second worst roster in the league. Yeah. Um, you know, the Panthers already own a division win over the Saints, so they have the tiebreaker there. They're both one and three. It would be absolutely foolish for David Tepper to go – yeah, let's give Matt Rule a third year, a third offseason to build his brand, and then with the the division right there to just fire him. That doesn't make any sense. And so I know fans want blood. I know fans want change. But, you know, you also don't want to ward off potential replacements, right? Like, you don't want 
the image of having an owner who's who's trigger happy. You don't want a, a team that is going to potentially fall apart once the head coach is fired. Because believe me, I've gone around the locker room. It does seem like the guys are still at least bought into each other. Maybe they're not completely sold on Matt Rule. Um, we don't know that for, you know, nobody's actually going behind his back, but they seem to very be, much be bought in as a team together. And I think that that's important. Whoop, as I shake my computer. Uh, I, I think that's important as you head into this stretch of the second quarter of the season where you have, you know, uh, the 49ers who look beatable, even though their defense is very good. Yeah. You have the Rams who look beatable and their offense is struggling. You have the uh, Buccaneers who look beatable at home. And then you have the Falcons who have always looked beatable <laughs> and on the road. And so I think like if you're David Tepper and Matt Rule can go two and two through that stretch, you're still very much in the division. Um, and, you know, you're, you're, yeah, you're three and five, but three and five is a much better outlook with the way the division has started right now, right? The NFC, the NFC in general is wide open. Doesn't look yeah. good. Right. And and like the only, the only division where like there are three teams that look good are surprisingly the NFC East where, you know, the Eagles are running away uh, from the rest of the conference for the most part. And then you've got two, three and one teams in the giants and the Cowboys who I think will drop off towards the second half of the season. But for the most part, you've got an NFC that's kind of, wide open and to pull the trigger on a guy that you just had belief in, you know, six to seven months ago makes very little sense to me. Yeah. yeah it wouldn't make a ton of sense when right before the draft, David Tepper's coming out saying let's preach patience. And then four weeks in the season, he fires the same coach and not even four weeks. Like really what last Sunday, there was a report from Ian Rappaport that he was going to remain patient with Matt rule. And you bring up a lot of good points about, the image of what it would look like if he fires Matt Rule so quickly into the season. You're one game out of first place in a division that does look pretty open looking at Tampa. And I I thought Tampa was going to come back a little bit to the rest of the field in the NFC South this year. I didn't expect New Orleans to get off to a one and three start. And certainly I thought Carolina could get off to a better start than they are right now. But it's not like it's completely over. But yet there's plenty of people who weren't bought in and Matt Rule coming back anyways that are certainly vocal, as I'm sure you heard at the game on Sunday and previous games, on their disdain for rule. I guess the main thing, when I, like just from my perspective, as someone who's just been around here, I think when you looked at Matt Rule, year one, no expectations at all. Year two, you want to make some improvement. Did they do it in the win-loss column? No, but defensively, they were pretty damn good. Certain areas, red zone, takeaways, they weren't that great. This was always supposed to be the year where you could take over the division with Tom Brady, who retired and came back. Drew Brees is no longer there. Sean Payton, not a variable I think anyone thought was going to be missing this time, this time around. And the fact that they're still trying to figure out a quarterback, I think is what really has people upset here in Carolina. And just in, from my perspective, does that, I mean, does that kind of make sense to you? Yeah, it's the ballad of, of Matt Rule. He is going to sink or swim by quarterback play, right? And right yeah. now he is sinking like a stone. And I think... When you go to retreads, particularly retreads who have been middling at best, it's very hard to find a way to bring out the best in them. Yeah. One, because either their confidence is shot, or two, because they're not very good to begin with. And I think that's been part of the issue here is, you know, you haven't locked down an offensive coordinator, you haven't locked down a quarterback, and it just kind of seems like they're going for the easy answer as opposed to trying to develop a player where – 
this outlook would be much different if they tried to develop, like, let's say, a Justin Fields, who I know is getting a lot of flack in Chicago, but not exactly, you know, I mean, he still has intangibles that you really, really like, and maybe in the right system he could develop. And he's young, and and that's the thing. I've, I feel like this organization has done themselves a disservice. Like David Tepper, he fires Marty Herney, or they mutually parted ways. And in that day, he says that Teddy Bridgewater basically said, I'm done with this guy. You need to find a quarterback, and when you Super Bowl, if you don't have him, you got to be in constant pursuit of that guy. All right, they had a deal in place for Matthew Stafford. He said, I've played in 11 years in Detroit and won nothing. I'm not going to Carolina to continue losing. Makes the right decision, wins the Super Bowl. Deshaun Watson was never interested in coming here, whether it was pre or post the issues that he's had in his personal life. Russell Wilson didn't want to come here. Say they land on Sam Darnold. That worked out how I figured it would because Darnold was god-awful in New York. Make whatever excuses. The guy just can't play at a high level in this league as a starting quarterback. Then the next quick fix is Baker Mayfield. Like They have never had what seemed to be a coherent plan at the position and had they have drafted someone maybe back in 2021 when Fields and Jones were there, that might be able to buy some sort of goodwill that Matt Rule could have had another opportunity next season where now Baker flaming out at this point in time seems like he's done unless magically Baker turns around what's been a performance only worse than, I guess, only better than Jimmy, not, uh, let's see, Jimmy Clausen, uh, Jamarcus Russell, and like Blaine Gabbert, according to QBR in the first four weeks of the season, I saw that on ESPN.com. So it's, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough when you're getting outplayed by Cooper rush, right? Like, (laughs) yeah. um, You know, and, and that's tough. Right. And, and if rule was here next year, probably Cooper rush is that next guy. Right. Probably. It's it's not even a joke. It like actually would probably would happen. But so I, I think that's, that's the case. Now, remember I'm coming from the national level. I'm coming from outside the market. Uh, I had, when I was with Pro Football Network, they had me do a uh, power ranking of head coaches. And I had him uh, as the second worst head coach behind or, or, or in front of Dennis Allen with actual head coaching experience. Wow. And I, yeah. I think, you know, it's tough, man. I, you know, I've been impressed by the way he's able to communicate. And I do think he's extremely transparent and accessible. Um, which is good for my job, right? But I do think, you know, it, there is something missing there. There's not – this team just doesn't have anything offensively. They don't have leadership. They don't have consistency. There's no complementary football being played. You know, the stat about him being 1-20-something in 20 something when another team scores over 17 points. By the way, 17 points is a good outcome for a defense. Exactly. And when you, and when you can't – uh, you know, score 18 points, let's say, regularly, that's bad. And it's happened throughout his tenure. It's not like it's just a McAdoo issue. It's not just a Brady issue. This is an issue that they have not been able to cultivate uh, a reliable offense. And this defense is actually pretty good when they're not forced to play 17 minutes longer than the offense. And I, I just kind of think that's where they're at, right? I do think there's a good culture there. I just don't think that the product on the field works. So what, then what is it with Matt rule? Cause you say there's something missing there and everyone's saying fire rule. Like what specifically about him is lacking and leading to all these losses? Like that's what I'm trying to figure out. Cause you watch it defensively. Like they're good. I look at the roster. Like I just don't really see like the ma- the massive holes, obviously at quarterback but outside of that. Like what, what really is it specifically about the head coach that has not led to the wins? 
Well, I think he's an expert recruiter. I think he's a really good relationships guy. The problem is when you're a CEO head coach and you're not making the right CEO decisions, uh, that can be a problem, right? Like if you if you hire a bunch of people that just don't work or are not good, you're going to be in trouble as a manager. And I feel like that's been part of the issue. Not that I, I look, I think McAdoo is a sharp offensive mind. I don't think Baker Mayfield was the right, you know, hole, you know, the, the right circle to put in that hole, right. That square hole. Um, and I, I look, I, I think that's been a routine thing. I think Scott Fritter has drafted relatively well, but then you have guys like Terrace Marshall and, um, and guys like that who can't get back on the field uh for the sake of like Rashad Richard Higgins or um you know Shai Smith or LaVisca Chenault I mean I some of their evaluations seem to be very very off from a front office to coaching staff standpoint right it just kind of doesn't seem like even even when Matt Rule had the had the wand and didn't and Scott wasn't here right uh it just kind of seemed like it didn't match up and that's building up over three years I mean I I think so you, know, you don't think they're on the same page as far as personnel, just from what your perspective? No, I think I don't want to, because I don't want this to blow up. And yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, new yeah. guy is just saying that they hate each other. But I think just philosophically, I think they're on the same page. But in practice, I just feel like they're not, it's not working, right? Okay. Like, like if I told you, right, that um, my favorite ice cream was strawberry, right? And you got me... Uh, you know, uh, a vanilla ice cream with a strawberry filling. That doesn't mean that that's strawberry, right? That's not the same thing. It's what sure. you think it could be the same. You think that you're adding that, right? Because what a GM and a head coach do is a GM supposed to find guys that, that he thinks fits what the coach wants to do. And sometimes the coach has, you know, plans of his own. Um, and I just think like, with Marshall, it's such a bizarre thing. You know, there are so many teams that would want, you know, a six foot four, 220 pound wide receiver who seemed to have some upside. Absolutely. Now he's just inactive over special teams. Like special teams are important, but like, you know, this is a guy you draft in the second round. I think when you, when you look at certain guys, man, it's just, it's perplexing why certain things are happening with this roster. And look, I mean, Again, it's not all on rule. It's not all on Scott. It's a mix of things. But Scott's been here for two years. He hasn't had the opportunity to hire his own head coach. So I think the heat really falls on Matt. And Matt has drawn the ire of a lot of people. And it's weird for a CEO head coach to draw that type of ire without being a play caller. Yeah, it, it is. It's interesting. You bring like some interesting points there because I never really thought about just whether the guys that Scott's, you know, bringing in really fit what Matt Rule wants to do and just kind of if there's a small disconnect there. I, I don't know. And I wonder now, like, if, if Matt Rule, because it looks like he's probably not going to make it, does Scott Fitterer then get the decision-making? Because I've gone to people and said to them, I was like, okay, well, the biggest issue at the quarterback position, evaluation, obviously, they've gotten it wrong. Also, guys just not wanting to come here. But also, the, the man who forced him to make a change was the owner. And the guy who hired Matt Rule was the owner, David Tepper. So he can fire rule. I just don't know what makes people feel confident he's going to find the right guy. I've just been curious to think, would Scott Bitter be the one running the show there as far as bringing in a new head coach? Most GMs get two head coaches. That's historically, okay. you know, Howie Roseman, who I covered, he got three. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I think from, you know, Tepper's proven to be patient, right? Like, but uniquely patient. And mm-hmm. I think in order for, like, if you believed in Scott, you've got to give him his own head coach that he kind of picks. You don't have to, have to let him hire somebody, but he has to be in the room when that head coach is hired. Sure. I think that's very, very important. Um, because I've seen a lot of these two, like, separated direct report situations and it just doesn't go well because then there eventually becomes a power struggle there hasn't been a power struggle here as far as i i know um but that doesn't mean it can't happen somewhere else and i think what's interesting is there are a lot of really good young candidates and i i saw a report that the tepper would look into veteran guys which i think retreads typically are just not worth the investment especially on the defensive side of the ball right that said, there's Mike Zimmer out there. There's uh, Dan Quinn, guys like that. There's Sean Payton, although I don't know if Sean Payton would want to come here. Um, to me, you look at guys like D'Amico Ryan, Shane Steichen, uh, Jonathan Gannon, um, Byron Lefwich, Mike Codwell, who's doing really well in Jacksonville. There are guys that deserve their first shot. And I think Tepper's going to have his pick of NFL guys who deserve yeah. their first shot. Yeah, I would imagine it would absolutely be an NFL hire. Okay, so just two, a couple more here before I let you go, Mike. Um, looking at Baker, you bring up the scheme fit with him and McAdoo. Is it really more just Baker's play that's holding them back? Or especially the batted balls, we talk about that. Is there something Ben McAdoo can do to get Baker to play at a higher level? Or is it just Baker just not being able to execute his offense? I, I just think that Ben really needs a pocket passer who can get the ball out immediately. And Baker just doesn't seem to be that guy. I think everything that's gone on this offseason has really hurt his confidence. And I think, at least from a from an on-field standpoint, I think we still see the bravado in press conferences. But I think from yeah. from a, a you know a, a confidence in the offensive line, a confidence in his arm, a confidence uh, in his targets, it's tough when you get here two weeks before training camp. Uh, you learn a new system, a system that probably doesn't fit you as well as the previous one, because I thought he really worked in Kevin Stefanski's offense. And look, I I think this is a pretty elementary offense. It's not a particularly difficult one to learn, but sometimes that can be easy for a defense to figure out. And I think when you have pass rushers, as my phone keeps blowing up, uh, (laughs) when you have pass rushers and you're able to stop them initially, they're almost always trained to put their hands up. Right, And I think the issue is getting the ball away, not double thinking stuff. You know, there were some throws against the Cardinals that were really, really late. So they either led to incompletions or they led to minimal gains. He had some balls that, that floated on him a little bit. Like it's just, his accuracy is just not good. And you know, it's crazy. I, I said this to Ellis Williams, my great partner. I was like, if I told you that 61.1% of his passes were completed in, in the Cardinals game, and that was the highest completion percentage uh, that he had on the year, just watching every game, you'd probably be shocked, right? I mean, right. that's really, this was his worst performance. It's not even close. Oh, yeah. but, the other, but he had two performances where he threw sub 50%. Um, which is crazy, right? So I, I think... I, I think it's one of those things where, again, you're putting a square peg in a round hole, and I, I just don't know if it makes sense. But then again, I don't know if Sam Darnold, like you said, is going to be much better. I don't know if yeah. Walker is going to be much better. You're at the point where do you really want to 
trade away future assets for another quarterback to come in midseason like Mason Rudolph. I, I just don't see the upside there. So the bet's been made. They have to figure it out. And frankly, if I'm an interim head coach, sure, I want the job because there's minimal pressure. But like, I also kind of want to get it at the right time, right? Where there's, you know, maybe nine, 10 games in the season. If I can win five or six games, maybe I impress uh, Tepper and to keeping me into in an elevated role, or maybe I shine like Dan Campbell did with the Dolphins and eventually get my head coaching job situation down the road because of this. Yeah, and I've guessed that Steve Wilkes would likely be the interim if they're in that situation. And I mean, you, you bring up the Darnold aspect of it. Like, wouldn't it make sense if Baker, because it's really going to be his play that dictates them getting that position where Matt Rule's not going to make it? Because Matt Rule was going to keep his job if Baker thrived. If Baker was bad like he's been, Matt Rule is going to lose his job. Wouldn't you then think that the interim likely Wilkes would probably go back to Sam Darnold or even maybe PJ Walker just the rest of the way? Yeah, I mean, I think the interim would go to Sam Darnold. Yeah. I, I I think PJ, uh, he, he's a, I don't want to call him a teacher's pet, but he's a guy that really vibes with what Matt Rule wants to do um, from a leadership standpoint, from a culture standpoint. That's what he is. He's a culture setter. I think, you know, Jansen's a guy who gets a lot of love as a culture setter. Like, you can see it. I My first day there, I knew he was the guy, which is odd for a long snapper to have that type of voice. And that's a guy they try to replace. Yeah. Unsuccessfully, I mean, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but see, like, that's, again, the evaluation process is, it, 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 there's something off between process and practice, right? Process and practice are the two things that I'm going to, everybody talks about, you know, the process of drafting guys, but once it's put into practice, that's the disconnect. And I don't think that's necessarily the wrong evaluation of a player. I think it's the wrong evaluation of how a player fits within a system. Right. Okay. All right. Last one here for you, Mike. Um, just looking at it, San Francisco coming up, LA on the road, Tampa, just the next couple of weeks. And what does this team have? It's, I know it's, it's converting on third down. It's all that, but what have you seen that makes you think that they can be able to turn things around here over the next couple of weeks, especially offensively? I think this team can score 23 points. And if they can score 23 points, I think this defense is good enough to kind of to hedge and keep teams uh, below that 17 point mark. But again, we have to see it, right? Like they think they have the pieces. I know that that's not the, there's no BS there. They do think they have the pieces. I mean, this is an offense that has DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, um, a pretty decent offensive line over the last two weeks. Uh, And I do think, you know, I I said this about Ellis, but like Ellis said this earlier and I totally agree with him. Tight end is such like a devalued spot for this, this regime. And it is just, it's, you know, as somebody who has no emotional connection, who's got to be objective, I think it's ridiculous that this is their tight end room, right? Ian Thomas has dropped some passes, a decent blocker, but I mean, he is the most forgettable starting tight end that I can, I've ever covered easily. And, you know, I think Tommy Tremble was overdrafted. I don't think he's particularly reliable. He's dropped some passes. Uh, And, and so it's like, what are you doing at that position? Because if you, if you want to run 10 personnel with four wide receivers, go for it because that's more, that's probably a more productive lineup. Yeah. And they brought in one in Dan Arnold and traded him three weeks into the season because JC Horn went down and CJ Henderson so far has not provided nearly enough to justify that decision by Scott Fitter and his organization. But that is a uh, part for the chorus of the Carolina Panthers. Follow him on Twitter at Mike underscore 
E underscore K with an E at the end of his name. He is a new beat reporter for the Carolina Panthers at the Charlotte Observer alongside Ellis Williams. And of course, Scott Bauer, the columnist there at the Observer. Be sure to subscribe. It's your local paper. Why would you not subscribe and check out what's going on in your community? And of course, you're the Carolina Panthers. Mike, thank you so much for your time today, man, and coming on the show. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll take a quick pause here and lock down Panthers. Come back and wrap things up here on a Wednesday. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Thanks again to Mike K of the Charlotte Observer for popping on the show today. Again, guys, follow him on Twitter at Mike underscore E underscore K with an E at the end of K. So K-A-Y-E doing a great job of Ellis Williams and Scott Fowler covering the Carolina Panthers during this one and three starts of the 2022 season. And I wanted to have Mike on because I knew he was coming from a national perspective. And I wanted to know what he thought from the outside looking in at this team and now having been here boots on the ground for the last two or three weeks, what his impressions were being in that locker room, talking to Matt Rowland and further evaluating the Carolina Panthers. And there's a disconnect because we talk about it with Matt Rule. I just don't really see what it is. We can talk about the game management kind of situations and a waste of timeouts that have happened. I really don't think like it's happened that much so far this season. But guys like Terrace Marshall, who you have a first round grade on, and then like Mike brings up, he's not getting to play because of special teams and LaVishka Chenault who pops on the roster and has two weeks and he's over Terrace Marshall and Rashard Higgins playing over Terrace Marshall. And the first time Rashard Higgins touches the ball, he fumbles and Terrace, even when he's out there against the giants didn't even see a target. So it's just weird to think that probably your second most talented wide receiver who was a number three guy back entering training camp and dating back to the the spring and early summer during mandatory mini camp and was receiving all this praise of his improvement how that guy is just not playing. And in the J.J. Jansen situation, drafting Thomas Fletcher in a sixth round, when a lot of people brought up how they could have taken Trey Smith. Well, really, it's Deontay Brown who they took over Trey Smith, and we've seen how that worked out. So they missed on their evaluations. He believes that Tommy Trimble was overdrafted. I brought up in the past that look at some of these past tight ends who have played at Notre Dame. Like, look at the guy right now, Michael Mayer. He's probably the best college tight end. Well, he's one of the best tight ends in college football. Brock Bowers at Georgia might be the best one. Either way, that man is catching balls. He's a huge part of that offense at Notre Dame. Trimble was not that at Notre Dame. He did not do what Kyle Rudolph did, what Tyler Eifert did. He was not that kind of player at Notre Dame. And it's so difficult to think that he's going to come to the NFL and to be able to flourish at the position that has really, like Mike brought up, been neglected. And the only time they brought in someone who really was more of a pseudo wide receiver was Dan Arnold. And they got rid of him in three weeks into the season. And now they're trotting out Ian Thomas and it's just not working out. 
So there's a disconnect. I don't know. It seems like Matt and Scott are on the same page. I, I, he, I'm glad that Mike kind of stopped me. I wasn't really trying to drum up any issues or any sort of controversy, but I was just curious. Yeah, I wanted him to elaborate more on what he was talking about there where and he brings up the, the strawberry ice cream situation. Like, all right, you bring, I like strawberry ice cream, but then you're giving vanilla ice cream, like strawberry filling and all that kind of stuff. Or maybe it's, maybe it's better like, hey, like brownies, but then you're giving me like a black and white brownie. I don't know. Either way. It's just not working out there. I, I don't. I don't know why. And I'm just trying to. We talk about fire Matt rule, and like it's going to happen. If he keeps losing, it's going to happen. And me yelling about it is not going to do anything at all. David Tepper is not listening to this show. He does not care about what I have to say about anything, and he certainly does not care what the fans have to say about anything. He is going to listen to himself and give his coach, the guy he handpicked out of college, an opportunity to turn things around. Until I think mathematically they're out of it. It seems like Matt Rule is going to be your head coach. It is up to you whether you want to sit here every Sunday and watch this team, and if you want to go on Twitter, on social media, and cry about it when the team loses. Like, you can do that. It's up to you. However you want to do it. If you want to be miserable and be upset every time they lose, and go be it. If you want to move on with your life and wait for Matt Rule to be gone, which eventually he'll probably be gone, because it's hard to think with Baker Mayfield, a quarterback, they're going to be able to turn it around, especially looking at how Baker's played and the fact that he has no confidence, his accuracy is off, and his footwork is terrible. It's just really an inevitability, and it does not do that much for the Carolina Panthers. It does not preserve the season and save the season by getting rid of him. It does not put him in a positive light if David Tepper preaches patience and then get rid of his coach when he's one game out of first place in the division. Like, the season, it's not over. Certainly, there's still 13 games left to play. I do understand, and I'm kind of there with you. There's not much reason to have much hope, especially when this offense has been terrible and you have the number one defense in the league coming to town on Sunday and a lot of their fans will be packing out Bank of America stadium. But so Mike, I thought brought up a lot of good points and outsider perspective. I get it. And I'm sure people are probably mad that I even mentioned that like, it's not going to really solve anything by getting rid of Matt rule. And so Matt rule has gone. A lot of you won't be happy. And then what happens? He's gone and they keep losing. Then what? And do you trust that the next guy is going to come in and be the right guy? The hope is like what Mike was talking about with general managers, usually getting to head coaches. I mean, for Scott, it's not like he came in with Matt. So really, I feel like the next time around would be his first head coach, the guy who can be in total alignment as Scott is hopefully in there having a big say with David Tepper on who the head coach is going to be. But either way, David Tepper, as he's talking about right there, probably wants a veteran NFL coach and retreads. We know how those typically work out. I'm not totally interested in that. I would love like a young offensive guy and then a new quarterback to go with that early in the first round if we can make that happen. I just don't really know. Right now, Things are not great for Matt Rule. I'm still holding out hope he can figure things out because he seems everything I've heard seems like he's a good dude. We have not seen enough of that in the community. Certainly, he would be a better fit maybe in college. We'll see. But the guys are still behind him. The guys haven't executed at the level they need to. We all know that. But at the end of the day, as I can you continue to tell y'all, it comes down to the head coach. So as much as I can point to Baker playing terribly and the issues that are there, a lot of it, of course falls on Matt rule and he's the guy at the end of the day who's going to end up losing his job because of all of it. So we'll see how it plays out. But again, thanks Mike. K. go check him out. The Stroud observer, subscribe to your local paper folks. Come on. Like it's not that difficult. Go out there and do that. Support him. Ellis Williams, Scott Fowler, and all the other people out there working at the Charlotte disturber. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> observer. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, guys, make sure to check out the show Monday through Friday wherever you find your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. Check us out also on YouTube. 
where you go to Locked On Panthers and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And follow me on Twitter at Julian Council where every single Friday answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole as always. Keep pounding. And I'll be back tomorrow with another edition of our Locked On NFL crossover Thursday with the hosts, two of them, of Locked On 49ers. See you then. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.